Good morning. Like Phil said, it's Genesis chapter 1, so if you turn to page 3, and we're going to read verses 1 to 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Wonderful. Good morning. My name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Bishop Paddington Church. And you may have heard of the reading. We're thinking about what happened right at the beginning. So we kind of need to go back in time. This here is the washing line of time, if you can't see it. It shows all the big major events of uh, history, I think. So we'll start over here. This here is 2020. We're here with our Brexit, our Instagram, our uh, hybrid cars, our iPhones. And we need to go back in time. So we're going back. 2005. YouTube was invented. And also, Star Wars Episode 3 came out. The less said about that, the better. So we'll, we'll, we'll fast forward, we'll rewind back further to 1990. Ah, little baby Stephen. And back we go again, 1939. A sad year to start of World War II. But also quite cheery because Bish Painting Church was built. Hey. And then back again, back again, 1847. The first chocolate bar, fries chocolate. Lovely. Now let's speed up a little bit. Off we go. 1776, the founding of America, 1066, uh, Battle of Hastings, and then through the Roman um, era to Thought of the Cross, have a look at Jesus around 30 AD. Oh, and then fed in 0 AD and back through Persia, through Babylon, through the Assyrian Empire, through the Egyptian Empire, back, 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 back to the beginning. And have a look what we read in Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God was there before everything else, before all of time, all of history. God was there. Thanks, Matt. You can put the timeline of... Yeah, lovely. Oh, wonderful. God was there. Alone. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, have a little check in your Bibles. There's no Genesis 1 verse 0, is there? Just, just make sure for me. Nope. <laughs> nope. That, that, that means like, like God was there. Full stop. There was nothing else. No time, no colour, no light, no Brexit, no YouTube, no internet, no, no, no gravity, no nothing. Just God. Full stop. Which makes verse 1... Absolutely ridiculous. Have a look at verse 1. It's amazing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's like, he had nothing. He had no, no clay to mould, no atoms to rearrange. He had nothing, and yet he makes everything. What? This God is someone special, right? God created everything from nothing. John Frame said, since God has created all things out of nothing, he has touched everything in his creation directly. Isn't that awesome? Everything has got the fingerprint of God on it. Like every single thing in creation begins with God and owes its existence to God. It all comes from him. Because he created everything. Wow. And have a look at Genesis 1 verse 1 again. In the beginning, God... See, 
these few words tell us who the main character, the big cheese of all of life, of all of the Bible is. And it's not you and it's not me. It's God. Life is about God. The Bible's about God, not about Stephen, not about you. It's about God. These first words show us there is a God and you are not him. It puts us in our place. And usually in a book, when you're introduced to the main character, you get a few details, like their background, what they like, what they dislike, what they look like. But here we just get these ten words, Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But actually, those ten words, well, they have everything we need to know in them. Because they show the big difference between God and creation. That he alone is the uncreated creator of absolutely everything. And we're creation. So, what we've got here are two sides to the, uh, the front of church. Oh, sorry. Lovely. On this side, we have creation. And this side, we have the creator. So, I'm going to shout out some things. And I'd love you to tell me which side they go on. Can we do that? Okay, let's start off nice and easy. An onion. Is it the creator or creative? Lovely. Next. A dog. Is this the creator or created? Good, good. We're going well so far. What about a tricky one this time? Sheep. Right. Uh, Created or creator? Good, good. We're doing well. What else have we got? Ooh. A broken clock. Time. Time. Is that created or creator? Created. Yeah, lovely. Um, Water. Creator. Created. Created. Yeah, we're getting the hang of this, I think. Um, 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 What about light? Uh, It's not plugged in, so it won't shine. But light. Is that created or creator? Created is lovely. Um, Nice trip hazard there. Lovely. And what about God? Is he a creator or created? Creator. Yes. Lovely. And there is a vast chasm difference between the creator and and creation. See, this stuff over here, it all has a beginning. It it, it, it all is dependent on the creator to exist. All of this stuff here is limited in power, in, in wisdom, in everything. But the creator... He has no beginning. No one made God. He's unlimited in in, in any way. He, He alone is the uncreated creator of all. And all of creation depends on him to exist. Whoa. He is amazing. God created everything. And even the word in your Bibles, Genesis 1 verse 1, have a little look again. God Created. The word create, that is only ever used about God. In the Bible, humans make, they form, they build, but only God creates. Thanks, David, for keeping me safe. <laughs> only God creates. That underlines the difference between creation and the creator. He is amazing because he created everything. And this kind of means two things for us, I think. Oh. Lovely. Number one, it means that he rules. And number two, it means that we worship. Um, back three years ago, I got a jumper for Christmas for my sister. Lovely jumper. I wore it all Christmas long. My favourite. 
But then came the time to wash this woolen jumper. Uh, and Stephen just bungs it in the washing machine, whacks the heat up, turns the temperature up, and off we go. Lovely. Now you know what happened. Pull it out. No! This lovely jumper turned into a formless mess. Like, 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 like no shape to it, a horrible stretch. And no! I ruined it because I didn't listen to the maker's instructions. And you see where we're going with this? Makers know best. And if God created everything, then he knows best. He rules best. In fact, he tells us the best way to live in his word, the Bible. So how foolish, how arrogant, how stupid of us to think we know better than God. Because who's going to do a better job at ruling? Me or God Almighty, the creator of everything? You or God. It's going to be God, of course, right? Because he made it all. He knows best. He rules best. And yet, are there times when we think we know better than God? Here are a few things that God says in the Bible. This is just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction, fragment of what he says. And yet, often we'll lie or tell a half-truth, thinking that we're protecting someone we love. Or, or, Or as a society, we'll redefine marriage to suit our own desires and thinking we're being really inclusive. Or, or, or we'll disobey our parents and ignore our parents' instruction, thinking we're being really cool. It's foolish and arrogant and stupid to ignore our maker's instructions. He tells us the best way to live. God created everything, so he rules best. So we need to listen to his voice above all other voices, even our own voices, even our friends, even our family, even society's voice. His voice is the one we listen to. But secondly, God created everything so we worship. One of the best verses in the Bible, I think. Revelation 4, verse 11. Oh, it's a peach. Have a look at it. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. And why is God worthy of all that stuff? For you created all things. And by your will, uh, they were created and have their being. See, God being the uncreated creator means he is worthy of praise, worthy of us to worship him. We're meant to stand over here and go, wow, God is so different from me. What an amazing God. See, humans were made to go, wow, we're made to worship. And so here's two really simple ways we can worship. Number one, sing with gusto. God's given us voices. And if he is this good, this amazing, this brilliant... He deserves us to sing loud, doesn't he? To belt things out because he is awesome. Let's sing with gusto. And secondly, well, let's praise him every day. Looking at creation, looking for opportunities to praise our great God. So when we see that glorious sunset over Hove, we go, yes, God made that. What a legend. Or, or when we eat a Krispy Kreme donut and it's like crusty on the outside and soft in the middle, we go, yes. God made food taste so good. Thank you, Lord. When we look around creation, we see his creativity, his power displayed, and we go, wow. Praise him every day. Because we're made to worship. And so, um, we're going to do that now. Um, on the screen, I'm going to show you some pictures of creation. And I'd love you to use them to, to, to like bounce off into praise for, to God. So you could, in your own head, say little prayers of praise as you see these amazing photos. Or, as little um, groups, like, like with, with your family, with your friends, with people sitting around you, you could um, 
all pick a favourite photo and then pray a little praise prayer in a little huddle together. So let's praise him and then we're going to sing with gusto after that. So here are some photos. Let's praise our great God who created everything. Now, have your adults ever said to you, I want some peace and quiet? Yeah. Adults, have you ever said that? Yeah, well, we have. Um, now, I thought I'd give you a little tip and, and introduce you to the, to the quietest place on earth. This place here is the quietest place on earth. It's an anechoic chamber um, in, in Minnesota, right? And we measured 27 decibels. That was good. This place is minus 9.4 decibels. How does that even work? <laughs> but, but, uh, apparently, it is scarily quiet in there. Does anyone want to guess the longest someone has ever sat in that chamber for? Yeah, Thomas. A year, that's a big guess. It's a lot shorter than that. Anyone else want to guess anything? That was a good effort. Yeah, go ahead. Ten days, less than that. Five minutes, more than that. Forty-five minutes someone's been there for. And no more, because apparently it's so quiet that you can't stand up because it's so disorientating. It's so quiet that like you can hear your lungs. What? It's so quiet that you start hallucinating. <laughs> like, it's scary. But because, see, see, this is the thing that I think, because I think humans, we're not made for silence. I think we're not made for complete silence. And how do we know that? Well, because of Genesis 1. Because God spoke. God interrupted the silent nothingness of, of Genesis 1 verse 0 to bring life with his word. He spoke. Here's how Psalm 33 verse 9 puts it. Um, he speaks and it came to be. It's really simple. Um, have a look at Genesis 1. Have a little look for me. How many times does it say God said? Anyone notice? Anyone got a number? Not one more than nine, I think. Yeah, Miley. More than seven. Ten! God, it says, and God said ten times. I mean, there's a few sneaky ones hidden in there, so it's hard to spot them. But, but, but do you see how many times it said, um, God says, let there be? Have another look. How many times does God say, let there be? Or let us, or let the. Yeah, I reckon that eight times he says those things, right? The point is, God speaks and stuff appears. See, see, God created everything with His voice. This is mind blowing. Just, 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 just stop and think about this. There was nothing but God. And God says, stars. And suddenly billions of scintillating diamonds are scattered into the cosmos. He says, trees and poplars, oaks, sycamores, uh, monkey puzzles uh, pop up out of the ground, erupt in evergreen colour. He speaks and stuff appears. What? God created everything with his word. And doesn't that put a lot of value on the words we say? Shouldn't we use our words to bring life like God does? 
But this is God Almighty, the, the, the Lord Almighty, who could have made the world in any way he wanted. So why does he speak? I mean, he could have done or snapped the world into existence nice and easily. He, he could have sneezed, achoo, and the world appears. He, he could have blinked, wow, creation's there. So why did he choose to speak? I reckon two things. God created everything with his word. One, so that we would know him. And two, so we would respond to him. We'll spend most of our time on the first one there. God created everything with his word so we would know him. So you can tell a lot about someone by the words they use, can't you? Uh, you can tell how, um, and where they're from, what they value, what Netflix stuff they like. You can even tell how old they are. Because if they start using words like whippersnapper or um, the Google, then, then, then you know they're quite old, right? Or if they start using words like salty or goat, then they're like, um, like me, old but trying to be young. You, know? you, you can tell a lot by the words someone uses. Because like, your words reveal your character. And it's the same with God. God speaks to show us what he's like, to show us his character. Because, I mean, we're over here. We're, 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 oh, sorry, he's over here, the creator. And we're over here, part of creation. There is no way that we tiny human beings could ever figure out God on our own. We need the creator to speak to us, to show us and tell us what he's like. So he does at creation. God uses his word so we would know him. And so take 30 seconds, 30 seconds, all I'm going to give you. Have a scan for Genesis 1. What do the words God uh, says reveal about his character? Have a little scan. Just 30 seconds, that's all you get. Time's up. <laughs> That's a great thing for you to do um, today after church. Why not go home with your families and look at that passage, see what God says and how it relates to his character. Because I see things like he's good, he's creative, he's powerful, he wants relationship, he likes life, he likes order. This is the kind of God we serve. And actually, God reveals himself through his word at creation. And he still reveals himself through his word even now. In your hands you hold the Bible. This is God's word. And see, if you want to know what God's like, the only place to go is here, his word. To hear directly from his mouth what he's like. So if you're looking, looking into God, trying to work out what he's like, go to the Bible. Look at this, because this is God speaking to us. See, he creates everything with his words, so we would know him. Um, and as part of that, his first words are really important. In our culture, we know that. We know that, don't we? We know that a baby's first words are really, really important. Um, if you happen to know your first words ever spoken, tell the person next to you. If you don't know them, say what you wish your first words would have been. What were your first words? Three, two, one... See, see, we get so excited about a baby's first words, don't we? Yet, if that's true, then how much more excited should we be about the first words ever heard in creation? The first words ever heard in history? 
Let's have a look at them. Genesis 1 verse 3, the first words spoken by our creator God. Let there be light. His words reveal his character. See, before this moment, um, and the world, if you look in verse 2, um, was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God speaks, let there be light. See, these first words are God showing us what he is all about. This is his like, mission statement, his campaign. Light into the darkness. That is what our God is all about. This is his jam. This is what he, this is, this is what he does. He's the God who brings light into darkness. Because in the Bible, darkness is, 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 is a picture of death and judgment. And it's scary. And what does God do with his first words? He speaks light into darkness. He ends the darkness with his word. See, this is what God's like. Our God is a darkness-ending, light-bringing legend. And actually, this is so important to God. Did you notice how it's woven into the pattern of creation? Have a look um, in, in, at verse 5. Did you see um, when a day starts in the Bible? Verse 5 there was evening and there was morning the first day. In the Bible, days start in the evening, in darkness. But they end in light and the morning. See, see, even woven into the fabric of creation is this pattern of light triumphing over darkness. God's built it in so that every day we go, wow, the light has won. It's awesome. The days mirror the first act of creation that God does. God is all about light in darkness. Light triumphing over darkness through his word. And the greatest example of this isn't actually at creation. It's at the cross. Because at the cross, God sends his son Jesus down to to earth. Uh, The word of God is his nickname. Uh, And when he dies, the sky goes dark. It's like death, judgment, sin has won. Yet if you know your Bibles, you'll know that three days later, he rises in morning's light. Light triumphs over darkness. His word brings light in darkness. And see, Jesus died on the cross in darkness so that everyone who trusts in him can enjoy this morning light that never ends. Revelation 21 talks about uh, no darkness, no sickness, no pain, no sorrows. That's what we can enjoy because Jesus died in darkness. <laughs> See, here's how 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, I should say, puts it, not 7. Um, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God displayed in the face of Christ. See, everyone in this room here, we too can escape the horrors of darkness, judgment and sin and death. We too can have light forever that never ends because of Jesus. The word who triumphs over darkness on the cross. So how will you respond to this great God? See, God creates everything with his word to show us what he's like, but also so that we would respond to him. I mean, when you talk to someone, you want them to respond back, don't you? (laughs) Like you want them to to give you something back. 
back to babies, um, a baby in the womb, seven months into life, can recognise its mother's voice. Isn't that lovely? Uh, and so for those last ten weeks of, uh, in the womb, the, the baby is like listening out for its mother's voice. And when it hears her speak, the heart slows down. It responds, it's calmed and, uh, and peace because its mum's speaking. Like the baby knows its mum's voice, even in the womb. Just like creation. <laughs> creation knows its maker's voice. It's almost like um, at the heart of every atom is God's word. It is the maker's signature on a piece of art. is his voice woven into the fabric of creation. And so when we hear his word, when we hear the Bible being spoken or read out, something stirs within us deep. We respond because we're like, yes, this is what we're made for. See, God created everything with his word so we would respond to him. He started the conversation at creation, speaking. And he wants us to respond. He wants us to relate to him. He wants us to spend eternity with him in that morning light. And so he makes a way by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. So the question is, how will you respond to the God who speaks at creation? How will you respond to him? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you revealed yourself at creation. You spoke so we could know you. Lord, that's amazing. We would never understand how big, how beautiful, how brilliant you are without you first speaking to us. And Father, you want us to respond to you. So Lord, please help us to respond to you, the God who triumphs over darkness through his word. What a great God. Amen.